Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's Word today, just a little bit about myself. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing keys to abundant living. So go grab a cup of coffee and join me today as we talk about being equipped to stir the waters, being equipped to walk in those sign and wonders, and how we get there and what we do with it, what it's going to take to get there. This week's podcast really feeds off of last week's podcast. If you haven't listened to last week's, which was called He's Stirring the Waters, go listen to that first, then come on back and listen to this one. It's only about 20 minutes long, but basically I I can catch up real quick. I don't want to waste a lot of time on it, but we were talking in John chapter five and we're talking about, of course, the man that laid by the pool of Bethesda for 38 years and Jesus spots him and he basically asks him what's going on. And the man says, you know, I can't get to the water. And so Jesus tells him to get up, to pick up his mat and walk. And he does. Immediately, it says in in John chapter 5, verse 9, it says, immediately the man became well and picked up his mat and began to walk. And then it says, and it's making a point here, now it was the Sabbath on that day. In other words, all hell's about to break loose. That's what's really being said here. Obedience and response on our behalf always produces It produces two things. It produces a stirring up of the enemy and it produces God's favor in our lives. And we have to focus on one thing, God. We can't get distracted by the stirring up of the enemy. We cannot concern ourselves with that. If we do, we'll be distracted and we will not accomplish all that God desired to accomplish through us by bringing us to a place of whatever healing that he's brought us to because he uses healing to reach the people. He uses signs and wonders to reach the people. It's not about the instrument. It's not about the person. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's not even about the actual healing. It's about God's kingdom and using the thing he did in your life or my life for kingdom purposes to draw others into the kingdom. So he tells him to pick up his mat and walk on the Sabbath day. Jesus knows cuz he's headed he's headed to the feast of the Jews. He he does not he's not unaware of what season it is, of what day it is, and he knows this is going to be costly for the man. So he's really kind of asking him because he did ask him beforehand, "Do you want to get well?" And the man gave the excuse of basically, "I can't." And so he's like, "All right, let's let's see if you really want to get well." Basically, you know, idea, this is kind of, he's kind of challenging him here. Pick up your mat and walk. Do you really want to be well? Do you want somebody to just carry you over to that pool and it doesn't cost you a thing? Or will you pick up your mat on the Sabbath and parade through town knowing that you're breaking the Sabbath simply by carrying your mat, but I've healed you. And this is what I'm telling you to do for your healing to be activated. Do you really want to get well? This man's actions were going to answer that question. He could have stayed on that mat and said, oh, today's the Sabbath. Can we do this tomorrow, Jesus? He didn't. He was so desperate after 38 years of suffering. 
He had been laying by the pool for 38 years. Now, whether somebody put him there every morning or not, we don't know. Somebody certainly did not put him in the water. That we know. So 38 years this man had been laying there. He was done. He was like, this is enough. I don't care what anybody says about me. I don't care what anybody says to me. I'm breaking man's law and I'm obeying the law of the Lord. I'm going to step in obedience and faith because this man, there was something in Jesus' eyes that this man knew he could heal me. And you know what? Maybe he wasn't 100% sure. Maybe he had a little doubt, but he was so desperate. He's like, I, what else am I going to do? Lay here another 38 years? I'm going to try and get up and walk. And almost, if walking through this town with my mat under my arm costs me my life, so be it, because I'm done laying here for 38 years. That's some pretty powerful stuff. Immediately, the man does this. He's strengthened bodily immediately. That's so powerful. And it was the Sabbath, and they pointed out to us. So now, we better watch out because the Jewish people, they, man, they're going to get worked up about this for sure. Everything, not just the waters, everything's about to be stirred up. And Jesus knows it too. I mean, this guy was a rebel for sure. <laughs> the Lord was a rebel. He knew it. And his thing was to stir it up and to show the religious you're being religious. You're not being relational. You don't care that these people are sick. They actually get more worked up about the fact that the man was healed on the Sabbath than they do about the fact that this man was miraculously healed after 38 years. That's so powerful. I mean, Jesus is like, you know what? We can make we can make some accommodation here. Like, it's okay uh, to break, you know, we, and there's the other example about, you know, on the Sabbath, if you had 99 sheep, wouldn't you go get the one lost sheep, uh, even though it's the Sabbath? So there's that whole thing, uh, that too. But basically, Jesus is overruling the law that Joshua gave, right? He's overruling the law that man had made, just like Joshua did when he marched around the walls of Jericho by the direction of God. Same thing as that. That was on the Sabbath. Same thing with this man carrying his bed. He's carrying it in obedience, even though it's on the Sabbath. He's breaking one law to obey God's law through this faith and obedience. He's going to carry his bed publicly, basically. And he's making the proclamation that he has been healed and made whole. And Jesus just doesn't want people to know this. Jesus wants to stir up the religious. And he knows it's going to happen. He knows that through, this, through the man obeying him and picking up the mat and walking on the Sabbath, it was going to be costly to him. This healing was going to cost him something. He could not get up physically and get himself to the pool of Bethesda. But what he could do was he could obey the voice of the Lord. And that's what he does do. Then what happens? So here we go. The Jews begin to quarrel with the man, right, for carrying his bed on the Sabbath, telling him it's not lawful. And, you know, everybody knew everybody's business. So they all knew that this man had been lame for 38 years. They knew this. And in verse 10 of John chapter 5, it says, So the Jews were saying to the man who was cured, It is the Sabbath, and it is not permissible for you to carry your pallet, like your bed. I, 
Like, hey, wow, you're healed. That's amazing what happened. That's got to be the power of God. No, they were more concerned with their laws and their traditions and persecuting this person, attacking this person for not doing it the way they thought it should be done. I mean, he answers them in verse 11. He who made me well was the one who said to me, pick up your pallet and walk. So he's kind of telling them, in other words, I am not obey- I'm not disobeying the Sabbath. I'm obeying the one that healed me. So he's trying to make a point there. It's not me. He's kind of justifying himself. It's not me. I didn't just choose to disobey the Sabbath, but I'm actually in obedience to the one undeniable proof in my body that healed me. He's greater than either. He's greater than me. He's greater than the Sabbath. If he can do such a miracle, (laughs) then no doubt he's greater and his word should override our law. Well, they want to know who this man is, right? So they're inquiring further, right? Verse 12, they asked him, who's the man? But he didn't know. And Jesus could have just slipped away here and never been exposed. But he doesn't do that. He goes up to the temple, right? And says, so the man who healed did not know who it was for Jesus had slipped away in that moment, but he comes back. Verse 14, afterward, Jesus found him in the temple, the man, and said to him, behold, you have become well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. Keep your healing. Continue to walk in obedience and faith. Very important. We have to continue in the things of the Lord. It's not a one moment, one time thing, and then all's well in our lives and we can do whatever we desire to do. It's a lifestyle and a lifetime of walking in obedience and keeping our faith stirred up. It's a lifetime of it. So the man went away and he told the Jews that it was Jesus. Now he knows who it is that made him well. For this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus. What reason? For this reason, it says, what reason? Because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Okay. First of all, don't miss that they're trying to minimize the power of Jesus. They're trying to put him on the level of just a man. You know, what man, who's the man that said this to you? So they're kind of trying to, to trying to bring down Jesus in the eyes of the healed man because he's saying he, this man's greater than something. Something's different here. We have personal experience with Jesus. Nothing can take that away from you. And that's what's going on here. Nobody can take away this healing this man had received. Nobody can minimize Jesus in his eyes because he knew the moment before he couldn't even get up and walk. He couldn't even get up to get to the pool. No angel healed him. No water healed him. There was no question about it. It was Jesus who did it. So that's that right there, right? Now, now they're going to be worked up about that. And they're going to want to persecute and kill Jesus. Christ goes to the temple. Jesus goes to the temple. Already had many enemies, by the way. But he still shows up there because he knows he's going to see the man. And he wants to expose not for his glory, but for kingdom purposes, that it was him who had done this, right? Jesus goes on to answer verse 16. They were persecuting him and wanting, because he did these things on the Sabbath, that was verse 16. Verse 17, he answered them. (laughs) Gotta love it. My father is working until now, and I myself am working. So now they're even more frustrated. This is blasphemous. 
He's calling God his father. Just blasphemous. Now all the more they want to kill him because they are offended that he had, they feel like he's mocking their law. He feels like they're mocking their, he's mocking their religion. Instead of having ears to hear, instead of seeking God in any capacity, right? We're supposed to test spirit to spirit. They don't do any of that here. It's more about self in this moment. And he answers them again in verse 19. And he's just basically saying, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son, these things the son also does in like manner. So he's basically, it's not about me. He's basically our example. He basically says, I'm not, I can't do anything of myself. Just like the lame man could not have picked up that mat of himself. He needed Jesus to empower him to do that. Jesus is saying, I can't do anything of myself. I need God to empower me to do that. And that's what's going on here. I'm doing anything and everything I see the Father doing. Only those things am I doing. And if we ourselves want to walk in signs and wonders and powers for kingdom purposes, we're going to have to walk in this verse right here. I can do nothing of myself. And unless it is something Jesus has told me to do, and I respond in faith and obedience in doing it, these things I will do in like manner as Jesus did was he, when he was here and he walked the earth. Why? Out of that place of love for Jesus, just like Jesus did it, out of that place of love for the Father, love for God. That's what he says in verse 20. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing, and the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. And if you jump down to verse 24, truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. Never exalted himself, only did what he saw the Father did, always responded in obedience to the Father. And if we do that, if we always respond in obedience and faith, just as the lame man did, if we do that, we're going to rise up. We're going to carry our mat. We're going to be empowered and we're going to stir up the enemy around us. And really, we just need to answer like the lame. Listen, I'm just doing what Jesus told me to do. I'm moving on his authority. Talk to him. Basically, that's what the lame man said. I'm only doing this because God said, talk to, here he is, talk to him, Jesus. And they do. And so we don't even need to entertain. We don't need to defend. We don't need to explain. When we know that we know that we're stepping in obedience and walking by faith, let them go to God. Don't explain. Don't defend. And remember this, obedience and response always produces. 